stakeholder manager and communications for the section 89 panel i'll be co-facilitating this ceremonial handing over of the section 89 panel i would like to greet and welcome the chairperson of the section 89 panel honorable chief justice the retired justice Ngobo, honorable speaker of parliament mamano severe mapisa ngagula secretary of parliament mr kolele george ncop chair mr amos masondo leaders of political parties chief whips members of parliament media present and those joining us on our virtual platform the session for this morning is a ceremonial handover of the section 89 panel report by the chairperson of the section 89 panel justice Nobo, to the honorable speaker Nagula. just for housekeeping rules our program is brief and flows i'll call upon the chief justice to make remarks and then thereafter the chief justice will do a ceremonial handover to the speaker and to the secretary and then thereafter mr moloto will come and introduce the speaker of parliament who will also make remarks and then thereafter we will have one round of media engagement those virtually and those present inside the venue and without further ado i will call upon the former chief justice Sangobo, who chairs the section 89 panel to make his own opening remarks over to you honorable chief justice good morning good morning everyone madam speaker program directors please allow me to stand on the existing protocol madam speaker i have struggled to find measured words to thank you for me being here to hand over the report but more importantly, I want to thank you, Madam Speaker, for ensuring that we had all the necessary documents in time. And perhaps more importantly, though, when it became patently clear that we were not going to be able to meet the deadline, approached you and you indulged. Thank you for that. And thank you for entrusting this dreadfully important task of us. Because we worked until the very last minute, I never had the opportunity to thank my colleagues and those who supported us throughout this process. With your leave, Madam Speaker, may I please recognize those individuals First and foremost, I would like to thank members of the panel, Judge Tokozile Masipa and Advocate Selo, for their willingness to undertake this task. They made massive sacrifice, working outrageously long hours, always reminding me that it was time to break for lunch when I had forgotten. And finally, let me thank them for the sterling work 
they put into the preparation of that of this report and for their unrelenting to do that support could not have been possible but for the following individuals Reverend Stemmel, I always have the men of the cloth around you Fini Vivius Ayanda Ngobo Warrant Officer Shongwane Sergeant Rampele they made sure that the administrative and logistical support requires were always available. They made huge sacrifices wearing, working and bearable laws. And may I also the members of the Af African Transformation Movement the Economic Freedom Front, fighters, sorry fighters. I thought I would, I would neutralize the word, but anyway. And the United Democratic Movement and the president for the contributions that they made in ensuring that we had the necessary information. In particular, I would like to thank them for submitting the information to us in time, despite the extremely tight schedule within which they had to produce this material. And ironically, it is precisely this information which made it impossible for us to meet the required deadline. And I would like to thank the Secretary to Parliament, who I've just met. The Office of the Secretary to the National Assembly for ensuring that always, within the extremely limited budgets they had, at least we could find a shelter from time to time from which to work from. There has been a lot of anxiety, understandably so, from the people of South Africa. I would like to thank them for their patience and for allowing us the necessary space to do our work without any interruption. And then finally, we owe a huge debt of gratitude to our families for their unconditional support and love. This process taxed their patience to the ultimate limits that human endurance could ever tolerate. Madam Speaker, those few words, may I take this opportunity to hand to you the report. Let me explain to you how the report is. The report consists of three volumes. The first volume, volume one, is the report itself. Volume two and three 
uh, the, is the record of the proceedings which contains every single document on which we relied for, in order to prepare this report. In addition to that, we've made available to the speaker the electronic version of that report. There is just one matter which I really need to respond to because it, it, it stems from a perception. I don't normally respond to what appears on television or the media because it's not my job to do that. But I do want to make this clear. Someone went on television and said, if this panel does not call the hawks was to interrogate the information that members of the assembly saw fit to present to us. That's what the rules made by the National Assembly told and required us to do. We could not go beyond that. It's not in my blood to disregard the law. I live by the law and that's what I have to do. So let me clear that perception once and for all. It was not our job to call whoever you wanted us to call to help us here. The rules that you made made it quite clear, and that's what these volumes are based upon. Thank you. Madam Speaker. Call upon the secretary to receive for processing with the electronic version. Thank you. <laughs> I now call upon Mr. Miloto to take the podium. Thank you very much, uh, my colleague, Reverend Stimela. Uh, the Speaker of the National Assembly, the National Council of Provinces Chairperson, retired Chief Justice, uh, leadership and the Chief Whips of political parties, presiding officers, members of the media. Uh, thank you very much, all protocols observed. Uh, without any waste of time, I'm going to invite the Speaker of the National Assembly to give uh, her own remarks, having received the of the chairperson and in the morning chairperson of the independent panel for my chief justice Ngobo. chairperson of the ncop honorable masonda leaders and whips of political parties and members of parliament present, program director, ladies and gentlemen. 
Thank you. Thank you very much. The ceremonial handover of the report of the Section 89 Independent Panel marks one of the indicative milestones in South Africa's maturing constitutional democracy. It is necessary to restate the mandate of this panel, namely to consider a preliminary inquiry relating to a motion proposing a Section 89 inquiry and make a recommendation to the speaker whether sufficient evidence exists to show that the president committed a serious violation of the constitution or law or committed a serious misconduct. Those were the terms of reference of the, commission, of the panel. As we know, on Tuesday, the 14th of June, 2022, the African Transformation Movement submitted to the Speaker of the National Assembly a motion requesting the House to initiate an inquiry into the removal of the President of the Republic on specific charges. Initially, I declined the motion, and this was not compliant with the applausable rules of the National Assembly. Accordingly, the rules 129B in particular also provide for an engagement between the speaker and the motion sponsor on such matters when the motion is non-compliant. After further engagements, the ATM submitted an amended version of the motion that was now on the 18th of July, 2022, which was found to be in order. In line with the applicable rules, I referred the submission with supporting documents to the independent panel, which I appointed after nominations by political parties. Indeed, the involvement of political parties in the constitution of, of the panel forms an essential element of checks and balances to jealously guard its independence, to remove any perception of bias so that the integrity of its outcome is not brought into question. About 13 days ago, the panel conducted an assessment whether it would complete its work within the 30-day period, which was imposed by the rules, and felt that if granted few more days, it would do justice to its mandate. Now, using the relevant provisions in the rules, I accordingly granted the extension. Once again, to safeguard the quality, credibility, and integrity of the process. With the handing over of this report, the life of the panel has accordingly come to an end. Allow me therefore the opportunity to extend and express our gratitude and appreciation to the panel, <coughs> consisting of retired Chief Justice Sandile Ngomo, who led the team as chairperson, retired Judge Toko Zilemasipa, and Advocate Mashape Silo for their professionalism in executing the mandate given to them. The report will be communicated to members of parliament through the next publication of the announcements, tablings and committee reports tonight. We have set aside 
the 6th of December for consideration of the report by the National Assembly. The role of the National Assembly pertaining to this report is articulated in the rules. The House will consider the report, its findings and recommendations and adopt a resolution through a simple majority vote, whether a further action by the House is necessary or not. I thank you, honorable members, and I hope that it clarifies the process. We will now, from now onwards, have received the report as you have seen here in public as requested by the judge. I will now remember it is not my report. I will not study the report. I will take the report, work with the team to ensure that the report appears in the ATC tonight. I thank you all honorable members for the respect you have given us by being present at this handover ceremony. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, Speaker of the National Assembly, uh, retired Chief, Chief Justice, Secretary to Parliament. As agreed, uh, we are going to take just one round of questions and then we'll close this uh, ceremony. As you would have seen, I think it's important to emphasize that uh, there is nothing that was done on the background or anywhere that uh, was, not, was far from your eyes. The speaker has just literally received the report in front of you and she has not studied it. So, um, so she will not even be able to deal with the content uh, of the report. So questions should be about the procedure, how parliament will deal with the report from now on. So there are roving mics. There are also mics. Uh, some seats have got mics. So if we can take that uh, one and only round and uh, the panel will deal with them and then we close. Any questions? You will be the first. <clears throat> and then another question? Any other? Element? There are also colleagues on virtual platform. So uh, we ask that you just deposit your questions on the chat and then they will be brought to my attention so that they are also raised here. Uh, Mercedes, I see you'll be the second. Okay, there's no any further hand from the physical. Okay, and this way. Three hands from here. And then are there any other questions from the virtual platform? Okay, not yet. So, yeah, those three questions. Okay, four questions uh, with Abra. Okay, the first one. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Thank you very much, uh, Paul.
the other mics here which are working. <laughs> Hello? Okay, to Chief Justice, uh, retired Chief Justice, the first question would be, how would you rate your impartiality of the panel and yourselves as individuals? We know perceptions are there and you cannot do anything about perceptions. When you were doing your work, how would you rate yourselves in terms of impartiality, uh, 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 working through the assessment without fear, favor or prejudice? as the rule requires in 129. And uh, speaker, uh, you, you, you raised something very important about this milestone, and you are saying that this was just a preliminary assessment. I can hear you, even the Chief Justice saying it was a preliminary assessment, wanting to say it sticks here with Parliament. But uh, you know that this report, Speaker, in terms of Rule 12900, the, 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 any recommendation by the panel or even the Section 89 committee is not binding and final and binding on the assembly. And yet we say this was a milestone. So what it means is that if, even if the panel comes and says there is a, there is a prima facie evidence against the president, the final decision lies with you to adopt that report, but also to decide on whether you will establish that Section 89 committee. We don't know what the recommendation is. So it says any recommendation is not final and binding, which means if the panel is saying uh, the president has a case to answer, you can still reject it in terms of voting in the assembly. However, if the panel says, Yes, the president does not have a case to answer because you say any recommendation. Will you, can you as the assembly and will you assure that even if you feel as members of the National Assembly that the president has a case to answer, even if the panel didn't find it, because the final decision of the panel is not binding. You can go the other way and still say, no, we do need a section 89 inquiry. I also want to know, how much has this cost, Speaker, I mean, in terms of procurement and so on? And again, to the Chief Justice, why exactly did you need this extension? What I know in the, in the ATC, for example, you indicated that you will also be doing research. Would you tell us what kind of additional research is it that you, you needed? Yeah. Maybe you don't have to say what is in the report, but that, is, that was in the public domain. Yeah, thank you, so, Mercedes. Thank you. Next question. Um, and this is Wema Kinana from the Sunday Times. Uh, my first question to the Chief Justice, I do understand that the rules do not provide for an oral hearing uh, while you're doing your work. But I would like to know if the panel had to summon anybody or any information, or did it rely on the information that is already in the public domain while it was doing its work? Uh, to the speaker, I would like to find out, ma'am, if on the 6th, when the House sits to debate and vote, um, do you know what sort of voting method are you going to follow? This time we have seen roll calls, uh, we have seen chief whips voting on behalf of their parties and so on. 
are you able to tell us how what sort of voting will be followed on Tuesday? Okay, and then the fourth uh, final. Were you the final? Yes. I didn't recognize you, but you will be the final. Ebra, indicate also the company that you are coming from. Yeah. Hi, it's Avery Bobby of the SABC. I'm mostly covered by my colleagues. I just want to know the sixth is around the corner. Is there any indication of when the we will have access to the outcome and whether um, it will be made public, I assume? Okay. We, we will issue the remarks of the speaker uh, shortly. So I think some of the things are already there. Um, and then you will be the last one from the physical venue. Thank you, Maloto. Um, Lindsay Denklinger, Eyewitness News. Um, to the Chief Justice, um, this is the first time Parliament is really testing these rules, um, and you already needed to ask for extra time. So that already shows that maybe the rules uh, are not um, uh, as had it was envisioned back when they were past. What kind of recommendations might you make to Parliament in terms of this uh, process that you have maybe um, picked up during your work that you could maybe advise Parliament on maybe how uh, possibly this process could be slightly refined um, to allow a panel of this kind to do their job um, as effectively and efficiently as they can? Thank you. Okay, uh, that was the last question from the physical venue. There is one question which from virtual platform. It says it is directed to Justice Ngobo. It's, the question is, what legal test did the panel use to draw its inference? That is from Vuyan Green from the SABC. Uh, Reverend Stimela, I think we can give the Chief Justice and uh, the Speaker the roving mics so that they can, if they are comfortable, oh, you want to come here, CJ, okay. You will, you will pardon me. Old age doesn't allow me to remember everything that's being said. So I will only respond to those questions that I can remember. Uh, if if I omit your question, it's not deliberate. It's just that I can't remember it. <laughs> you know, somebody asked us about how do we rate ourselves. I'm not too sure, ma'am, how to answer that question. Throughout my career as a judge, I've never rated myself. What rates me is the quality of the document that I produce. The reasons that I articulate in support of my finding. That's the real test of whether one is impartial or not. I hope that answers you. Did you rely on any outside information? I think the person who asked this question answered the question herself, I think it is. By making it quite clear that the rules require us to focus on the information that's presented to us. There is no room, absolutely no room for us 
to pick and choose who we want to, to call. It's the information that's presented to us. If you don't present the information to us, we can't look at that information. Those are the rules of engagement. Is there another is there a question? That I'm, I'm, I know the question about you know the rules. What research was required? I think, ma'am, once you, if you read this, you will understand the complexity of the task that was at hand. But the research that was required was very limited indeed. Most of it was done by ourselves using our own skills. But sometimes there were those little issues, little and irritating issues that we had to look at. But the gist of the research was conducted by ourselves and ourselves only. The reason why we required you know, the extension of time is that when the clock started ticking towards the 30-day period, you still have to go through the information that's been submitted together with the notice of motion. Once you have done that, then make a decision whether or not to invoke your discretion to call upon members of parliament to submit more information. Happily, we were, submit, we were given the information well beforehand. So by the time started to, by the time the clock started to tick on the 19th of October, I think it was, we already had a, a very good sense of what the motion was about in the supporting document. We made a decision to invite members of parliament to submit to us additional information or whatever information they wanted to place before us. And as, as I've pointed out, the ATM, the EFF, and the UDM gave us that information. We're not talking about two pages, three pages. We're talking about pages and pages and recordings. We had asked them to transcribe audio recordings. They didn't do that. I didn't penalize them for that, I understood but they were given extremely short notice within which to respond, and they responded on time. After that, we had to wait to, wait to take that information, submit it to the president, and ask the president to respond to everything that we had without even looking at what we had. We said, this is what they would have given us, please respond. Again, we had to wait. You can't begin to analyze everything because you have to wait for all the information to be there so that you can contextualize your understanding of the report. You don't read one set and then make a final. That's, how, that's not how it works, ma'am. So once we had all the information, we were left literally, as I understand, either between seven or 10 days within which to read, synthesize 
the report, the, the information, marshals that those facts in accordance with the law, develop our findings, review them. I think it was about four days, I think it was, it was the weekend of preceding the date on which it was due, when I realized that we just can't make it. And it was against that background that I requested the extension of time so that at least there is sufficient time to say no or yes. The speaker gladly understood our position under the extension of time. That's how the process unfolded. Okay. It was done, I hope, without fear and now, the lady here asked me about the first time, and it was the first time we, well, personally, I had to consider a matter of this nature. It was a complex matter. Complex indeed because it's, it's a parliamentary process which belongs to parliament as the representative of the people. As those of you who were involved in the uh, EFF case would have realized that the Constitutional Court decried the fact that there was no mechanism for sifting what goes to the impeachment committee. And I think it was against that background that the panel was hopefully established. And if you recall what Justice Jeffrey said in that, there was no sifting mechanism. It's quite important dragging the president before an impeachment process is a huge decision. It cannot be done on flimsy grounds. It has to be something tangible that you can hold on to before you take that decision. That's why there was a panel. To look at only what we have and thereafter make a decision. And that's the process. Now, you asked me to, to suggest whether there are any recommendations. I mean, who, who am I to tell lawmakers what laws to make? They have the power to do that. They know what laws they have to make. But I do want to say this, though, that speaking purely from experience, uh, it, it seems to me that perhaps tomorrow and the days to come, Parliament may wish to reconsider when exactly does the 30-day period begins to run. Should there be a preliminary process which will allow the panel to decide whether to call the information and allow the time for that information to be submitted, allow the president for the time to respond. And once all the information is before the panel, then the clock should begin to tick. And I think there's a good chance that 
you might be able to make it within the 13 days. We were out by literally 13 days. And again, this process, I never knew, well, I, I learned this from my experience with the market health inquiry, that it's not just about writing the report and saying, Madam Speaker, here's the report. There are the logistics of binding the document to make it presentable. Otherwise, if it had been me, you just write the judgment, you said, that's it. If you want to bind it, you go and bind it. Here, I understand that those are not the rules, the rules of engagement here. Prepare all the documents well before the deadline. Make sure that it is bound, read, and whatever that needs to do. That's what caused the delay, part of it. The legal test that we use is articulated in the rules. Is there sufficient evidence to show that the president has violated any of the listed ground of impeachment set out in section 89.1? That's the test. But that test, what that test really means is articulated in the report. Fundis, are there any questions that I've missed? Yeah, yeah. thank you. Thank you very much, CJ, uh, Speaker of the National Assembly. Thank you very much, Tapo. I have uh, three questions. The first one is Will the report be? distributed amongst political parties before it is 80 seat? And the response is no. The parliamentary processes determine that any tabling of a report, any tabling of uh, announcements, all of those are done on the, on the 80 seat. So it's announcement, tabling, and, and um, so that's what is going to happen. So in other words, I know that people are in a hurry to get a copy of the report. And I know that people have given me deadlines about uh, that we want it as soon as you receive it. The point is I have to follow the processes of parliament which were passed, developed and passed by us. All the processes, all the rules, which we should abide to are the rules which were determined by members of parliament. And that's what I'm going to do. So this evening, if you look at the ATC, you will find the report of the panel. Then the next question is, Somebody said, Mercedes, the final decision lies with the speaker. It doesn't lie with the speaker, actually. Okay. Okay. Okay, thank but you Mercedes, very much. It was not a question. You don't have to respond. So, Mercedes, whatever is to be decided about this report will be decided by the National Assembly. 
when we announced that today we'll be receiving this report from the panel, independent panel, we then also announced that on the 6th, by the way, even there, there was consultation with all political parties, and it was agreed to that on the 6th, which is next week, Tuesday, this report will be tabled before the assembly. The last matter is a matter raised by Andy Siwe, that uh, what form of voting, what processes are to be followed. Just to say, Andy Siwe, in parliament, as you know, we vote the way we do, the normal processes. However, once a member of parliament makes a proposal, right, other than the processes which we are currently following, then the speaker has an obligation to look into that matter if there are reasons provided and consider and take a decision. So even in this instance, like we have done in the past, we will use the normal processes which we always follow. And once there, is, there are people who feel strongly about dealing with the matter differently, then the speaker has an obligation to look into the reasons provided and for the speaker to then consider the matter. I think those are the only three questions which were raised. Thank you very much. Yes, yes. Just or the late. one of the course uh, messages will be given by the Secretary of Parliament. Thank you very much. Answer. Thank you very much, Honorable Speaker. Uh, Secretary to Parliament to deal with the issues of the cost. Now, thank you very much, uh, Program Director. Good morning to honourable members and members of the media. The work of the panel, we made provision as the administration of Parliament for an estimated budget of 5.3 million. And that covers largely the, the cost of administration of which former Chief Justice has clearly articulated what gets involved, binding, documentation, research that needs to be provided, support staff, logistics and all related matters, as well as um, allowances for members in terms of the work they do professionally. Of course, that's a provision that we have to make in terms of our commitment to assist the process. We will, in the process, now that its life has come to an end, look at the true cost in terms of uh, the actuals of rents and cents within that budget. Thank you very much. The provision is for the period in which the work has all been done. Thanks. Hey, Mercedes, remind me never to chair a press conference where you are present. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. I think the, uh, those were the questions. Please allow me to, uh, or before that, there is a question that I received. What is ATC? ATC 
is a publication of parliament which uh, contains announcements uh, and uh, it is distributed to members of parliament to the media as well as to the members of the public so the same time that members will be receiving it it will also be available to the members of the public and it will also be posted on the website of parliament thank you very much uh, speaker of the national assembly retired uh, chief justice secretary to parliament the chairperson of the ncop the chief whip of the anc of the majority party the leader of the official opposition the chief whips of uh, political parties the house chairpersons and members of the media thank you very much for your attendance the press conference is adjourned I'm going to take